Hello everybody and welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics in Cabell Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Also, please take a moment to rate our podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen. It will help others find the show. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week, we're hearing from Angel, who spoke about Step 3 and the tool of surrender. Please enjoy. Give me a five and a two, please. Thanks. Hi. (laughs) Wow, first off, such a blessing to discover this space because I've been thinking, my God, I really, really want and crave to be in, in true, real space with people sharing um, like, you know, we're with our hearts present and being able to share that kind of connected feel together. And that's obviously been so absent over these last year, two years, however long it's been. And so I totally fell off program and just, and just came back in and a couple of days after that was asked to speak at this meeting. So it's just a beautiful kind of re-entry into the program for me. Um, so... Today, I want to talk about step three, surrender, and particularly in a relationship to a tool that I I have um, a kind of complicated and um, rich relationship with, with, which is sharing as a form of surrender. Um, But I'll read read a bit from, from the Big Red Book on step three. So step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand God. In ACA, we believe we were born whole and became fragmented in body, mind and spirit through abandonment and shame. We need help finding a way to return to our miracle state. Whatever mental diagnosis we may have, we seek a higher power in prayer and ACA meetings to relieve our chronic nature of feeling different. Relate to that one a lot. We believe God understands the root of mental health labels and freely offers help to those seeking God's love and light. We believe in a spiritual solution for the dis-ease of family dysfunction. In addition to a deep sense of shame and abandonment, we believe that most of our emotional and mental distress can be traced to our steadfast nature to control. In ACA, we realized that control was the survival trait which kept us safe or alive in our dysfunctional homes. We make promises to do better but eventually return to our obsessive need to compulsively arrange, question, worry, dust, wash, lock, unlock, read, or hypervigilantly survey our thoughts and actions to feel safe, but it is never enough. Experience shows that there is little hope 
and little spirituality in homes governed by smothering control. By making a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand God, we are actually making two decisions. By deciding to ask our higher power for guidance in step three, we are also deciding to back away from control. We are surrendering our plans to run our own lives on self-will. We are asking God for help, which strikes at the heart of our instinctual reaction to solve problems on our own. The decision we make in step three represents one of our first true choices. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, upon entering program, uh, I mean, I've been seriously in program for about two years and in and out of rooms for about a decade, um, but in ACA for a couple of years. And when I first came in, this notion of surrender was really very abstract to me. I, I just couldn't get a grasp of how, how to understand it. What, did, would it. what would it even feel like to surrender? What would it look like if I was in a state of surrender? What would that mean, practically speaking, for my life? I was so in a state of habituated contraction, interior fight, fight or flight, just in a kind of, you know, war, really, with life itself, with the world around me and with others, but in a very, very deep and habituated way. And so this idea of surrender just felt like, well, how? How do I do that? Um, so, so yeah, okay, I'll talk, talk a little bit about what brought me into program and my, my upbringing. Um, I was brought up in an alcoholic home. My father was um, an al active alcoholic from when I was born, and then he eventually got sober, I think, in my, when I was in my 20s, maybe my late teens. Um, he was a very... Uh, um, chaotic, abusive, destructive, um, charismatic, mesmerizing, magical, scary, looming figure who I loved and I just wanted so much his, his, his light to shine on me and he terrified me. And he was quick to give his love and very quick to pull it away again. Um, I didn't live with him growing up me and my siblings used to visit him every, we would spend every other weekend with him over the years. But there was a lot of tumultuity, a lot of um, chaos, and no real system of support. And so I pushed everything in. I pushed everything in and down. And with no um, real outlet, I just started to feel more and more estranged from the world around me, strange. I felt strange. I still do, but I felt strange. And looking back, I, I have so much empathy towards that little child, that kid who felt so alone, who stood at the edge of the room and just didn't know how to join in, didn't know how to be a part, but yet longed so, so deeply to be a part of um, a community or, or in relationship. But that has been riddled with difficulty for me. And really that's what brought me into program was falling on my knees and inside a relationship and feeling that I just couldn't go on because I had reached a point where 
um, I was just in, in so, so much pain. And I'd say that relationship is probably the heart of the difficulty in terms of my journey, but that that has manifested for me in so many different mechanisms of control which keep me separate from the world. Um, whether it be the way that I view others, judgment, judgment, um, feeling above or below other people, suspicion, but also my own experience of addiction. I was very deeply um, in a relationship with an eating disorder for over a decade. And I can see now that that was really um, a relationship that was in place to keep me separate, to keep me separate from the deeper pain, which was to be in relationship with others and to have all of that deep stuff inflamed, which was feeling so separate and so alone. Um, and so, you know, somewhere along the line, I made a decision to stay separate and alone from others, and I built my life around that. Um, I come into program to recover from that, really, to recover from, from, those, from those patterns, from that decision. I've recovered from that decision to be alone. Um, okay, so, so, okay, so I have, these are my scrappy notes. I have the, all these scrappy notes, and it's because, it's because, um, you know, I have a lot of fear around sharing, and that's why, that's why I want to speak on it, because I feel that the tools in program that have. Um, the most potency are usually the ones that I am most afraid of. And I'm most afraid of using my voice. I'm most afraid of sharing. I'm so afraid to, that I'll be rejected and repeat this, I guess, very deep childhood pattern of um, abandonment. And so what that has done with my relationship with program is that I bring myself to share, but okay, so when I don't share, I'm following that fear, and I, um, on some level, I can receive relief from program, but because I'm not op opening myself out, I can't really enter into this relationship with program. When I open my voice, whether that be through fellowship or sharing in a meeting or whatever it is, making an outreach call, when I open myself in that way, I enter into relationship. And so I enter into the healing power of this program. So that is that, like I said, has been a difficult process for me to enter even now. So my heart is pounding. I feel unsafe, you know, but I'm sitting here with these sensations, just knowing that as I speak through it, I can get to the other side of something and find some semblance of proof that there's safety on the other side of this very somatic, physical reaction and feeling of being unsafe. That's five. Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, so sharing, I realized too that not sharing is a, is a very deep form of control <laughs> as well. And so entering into such sharing as a surrender, it wouldn't, typically fit in to my original notion of what surrender might feel like, which would be probably to isolate and to hide away and to follow my pre-existing patterns. So it's a kind of different form of surrender. It's an active surrender. 
it's an uncomfortable surrender, but yet there is a relief on the, on the other side. And so when I enter into that practice, that practice of sharing, that might sometimes when I open my mouth, a superficial voice comes out, a voice that isn't coming from my heart, but coming from this part of my mind that wants to do things perfectly. And so then I don't get this relief, but it's a practice. And sometimes when I open my mouth, I find that I can actually speak the truth. And that's just so incredibly healing in itself and such a, an important practice for me, truth-telling, to practice speaking from my heart rather than from my head and learning about this, I see it as an infinity eight symbol of giving and receiving and giving and receiving. So um, I've been really struggling in my life <laughs> lately. I fell off program entirely. Um, I'm just coming back into it. My father died four, four, four months ago, and that's been a very deep journey for me. Um, today, about four hours ago, I was on the floor in a panic attack. This happens. Um, you know, this is my experience with recovery. Is That's what, in a way, is so beautiful about it, is that I can reach the very bottom in one day and I can also come to a meeting and share and commune with other people who understand and who are joining me in this recovery process. So this is always available, this is always available and that's um, a very powerful medicine for me, a very powerful medicine. Um, so I'm just going to check my, my notes. Um, so yeah, the other thing about sharing I just want to say is that, um, you know, when I surrender into sharing and I don't know yet what I'm going to share, um, I find myself through that. So through that surrender and I open my mouth and whatever comes out, I'm literally watching it and I'm seeing who I am. And when I hold it back, because I'm just, this mind is so terrified of it. I'm not actually getting to discover who I am in the world. So again, this infinity eight of sharing and seeing, sharing, thank you, sharing and seeing who I am, letting others see, opening the gates of my heart and letting others in and giving. And so, so um, I think that's, Yeah, that's, that's where I'll wrap up. I have a minute left. So, um, you know, I did my best right now to share from the heart. <laughs> and um, I got there a little bit. I really care about that. And I'm so grateful for you all for giving me your attention because it's here is my healing to show up and and to share and um, I really look forward to hearing all of your healing as well uh, as you share so thank you thank you